0: Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for The Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Hey, friends, welcome to Walk with God. My name is Brenda McCord. Thank you for joining us today. Walt and I have been talking about summer vacation and some time to spend with family and friends. We know so many people canceled travel plans last summer due to COVID, and it seems like this summer a lot of us are just kind of itching to schedule some travel time, vacation time, just to see those people that we didn't get to see in the last year or so. And it's
1: always great to spend some time together, but but truth be told, sometimes extended family interactions can be, um, let's just call them complex. And that is what we're going to see today in the story that will unfold.
0: And remember last week, Boaz and Ruth were at the threshing floor and Boaz told Ruth that there was a kinsman redeemer, a relative who was closer than he. And he told Ruth that he would care for the matter. Even when Ruth got home that early that next morning, we read in Ruth's Three eighteen, Naomi told Ruth, Be patient, my daughter. The man won't rest until he has settled things today. So let's pick up the story because there's an important family business meeting at the city gate. Follow along with me as I read in Ruth chapter 4. Boaz went to the town gate and took a seat there. Just then, the family redeemer he had mentioned came by. So Boaz called out to him, Come over here and sit down, friend. I want to talk to you. So they sat down together. Then Boaz called 10 leaders from the town and asked them to sit as witnesses. And Boaz said to the family redeemer, You know Naomi, who came back from Moab? She is selling the land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. I thought I should speak to you about it so you can redeem it if you wish. If you want the land, then buy it here in the presence of these witnesses. But if you don't want it, let me know right away because I am next in line to redeem it after you. The man replied, all right, I'll redeem it.
1: Well, let's unpack this meeting at the city gate with a series of questions. And we do this because good Bible study methods demand that we dig deeper into the text. So let's ask some questions. Number one, how does Boaz address this near relative? And this is instructive. He addresses him as friend, yet they are very close relatives. Um, This reminds me of a a favorite breakfast spot in our town growing up was Edgewood Dairy, And there was a table of men. And I just imagine going in there and seeing my brother at the table. I would never say, hey, friend. I would say something about our relationship. Hey, Bill. Hey, brother. Um, And then I would sit down and have fellowship with him. So question number two, why does Boaz gather the elders, witnesses to the city gates? And this is really an interesting aspect of what will happen today. Their conversation goes from personal to a community issue, and and witnesses are required to hear and to validate the transaction in order for it to be legal. Another question, what does Boaz initially ask of this closer relative in verses 3 and 4? And he makes it very clear, do you want to buy Naomi's land? Mm -hmm. And then what is the near kinsman's response? Well, yes, I want the land, and I'm ready, willing, and able to buy it. And that leads to our last question on this section. What does this tell us about the unnamed man? We're not giving any of the man's name. Remember, names are important, and he has the opportunity to be the hero of this story. And instead, his name isn't even recorded in scriptures. Um, And this whole section hinges on keeping Mathlon's name and land in his family. And this man is unwilling to act as the kinsman-redeemer And fulfill his responsibilities.
0: And even, you know, Walt, as you've posed these questions for us just over these first four verses, we can see that Boaz is a very skilled businessman. He knows to go to the city gate, he addresses this close Redeemer relative, and he calls the 10 elders. And so we now know that the closest family redeemer is willing to purchase the land from Naomi. Yeah. And this is a very important clue to this story.
1: Very important.
0: So let's continue reading in verses 5 and 6. Then Boaz told him Of course, your purchase of the land from Naomi also will require that you marry Ruth, the Moabite widow. That way she can have children who will carry on her husband's name and keep the land in the family. Then I can't redeem it, the family redeemer replied, because this might endanger my own estate. You redeem the land. I cannot do it. And of the business transaction part one oh yeah yeah i can purchase the land i'm i'm willing to do that i'm able to do it however you must marry ruth the moabite widow this this kinsman redeemer
1: that should have married ruth and raised up a son to mathlone um, the hebrew word here is goel and and this individual's task with marrying ruth and raising up this child for Mahlon's legacy and as we get to this point in the, in the story, um, look at his response. I, I cannot redeem it. He says that twice, Brenda. Right. I cannot redeem it. And then he gives the reason, lest it jeopardize my own inheritance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a lie. He, he can redeem it, but he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to do this thing because it will make his own inheritance less.
0: Right. And what this tells us is an unnamed man. And while you've been telling us since chapter one that names are important. Who is he? Well,
1: well that's a good question, because the text never gives his name. Um, he's a weasel. <laughs> he only cares about the money. Yeah, And right. in order to fill the requirements of scripture, there was going to be a cost to him personally. I mean, remember, he already should have been helping and caring for his relatives, Ruth and Naomi, over the past couple of months. um, Even as Naomi says in chapter 2, verse 20, May the Lord bless him, Boaz, Naomi, toward her daughter-in-law. He has not withdrawn his kindness. And again, that's that word hesed, God's loyal, covenant-keeping love. He has not withdrawn it to us. As well as to your dead husband, the man is one of our closest relatives, one of our family redeemers. Uh, this unnamed man is not mentioned because he's not a Hesed kind of guy. He's not a covenant keeping, loyal man, but Boaz is. Um, I like to call him Weasel Boy because he's not stepping up to fulfill his honorable responsibilities as a godly man. Instead, he is doing what is right in his own eyes childlike behavior, and the behavior of the book of Judges.
0: Yeah, and you know, this contrast, even as you point out back in Ruth 2.20, Naomi is pointing to Boaz and saying his kindness, that Hesed love, loyal covenant-keeping love that he's extending to us. He's a close relative, and now today we see that closer relative who is not living in there. And so we see this tension is building in this family conversation as Boaz is willing to represent Ruth and Naomi at the city gates. Boaz has now revealed this man's hand. So let's continue in verses 7 to 10. Now in those days, it was the custom in Israel for anyone transferring a right of purchase to remove his sandal and hand it to the other party. This publicly validated the transaction. So the other family redeemer drew off his sandal as he said to Boaz, You buy the land. Then Boaz said to the elders and to the crowd standing around, you are witnesses that today I have bought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilion, and Mahlon, and with the land I have acquired Ruth, the Moabite widow of Mahlon, to be my wife. This way, she can have a son to carry on the family name of her dead husband, and to inherit the family property here in his hometown. You are all witnesses today. Wow. Okay, I'm going back up to chapter to verses seven and eight. Wait a minute. This guy took off his sandal. He hobbled home. I've walked a lot of miles in Israel with you, Walt. Yep. A lot of rocks. Lots of rocks. A lot of stones. And I can't even imagine walking home without a sandal. Why is this custom of the removal of a sandal even mentioned? Why is it practiced?
1: Well, it's practiced because as as this nearer relative walked home, people would ask him about the sandal. And his response would be to reveal that the land transaction had, in fact, taken place. And with that, he had given his sandal to Boaz. Which represents even that contraction that now you have the land, and and this is known among the city. It it, it gives us this historical context um, from a previous time. From uh, but the perspective of the author, possibly the prophet Samuel, um, as he looks back at history before Israel had a king to rule over, there was no formal administrative structure recording land transactions. So this is what Boaz is revealing with this near relative. And then I love this, um, this section ends with um, uh, just a question, what is Boaz's intention? And he makes it very clear. His desire is to fulfill his responsibility as the kinsman redeemer, not just to redeem the land, but to also raise up an heir to Mahlon's name.
0: And we talked about You know, last week, how Boaz is that example of what we called character counts. There is a Redeemer closer than me, he said to Ruth at the threshing floor. I will speak with him in the morning. Let's continue and read verses 11 and 12 in our passage. Then the elders and all the people standing in the gate replied, we are witnesses, May the Lord make this woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, from whom all the nation of Israel descended. May you prosper in Ephratah and be famous in Bethlehem. And may the Lord give you descendants by this young woman who will be like those of our ancestor Perez, the son of Tamar and Judah."
1: And remember, when we were reading in, in Ruth chapter 2, when Boaz arrives on the scene, when a, a godly person arrives on the scene, blessings begin to flow. And, and this section, these two verses um, are blessings called upon Ruth in verses in 11 and 12, but also by extension to Naomi. And these blessings don't come from Boaz or an individual. They come from all the people and the elders, all their relatives. And they, they bless her and ask that she might build up the house of Israel like Rachel, Leah, and Tamar. And I, I love the significance of these three women that are named here. Remember, Rachel and Leah married Jacob, and they produced the twelve tribes of Israel. Rachel gave birth to Benjamin in Ephraim. This is where they're at. And he's the last son born of the twelve tribes they're his relatives. The people that are hearing this story know this well. And then lastly, Tamar gives descendants of the line of Judah. It it narrows down and focuses in on this line of Judah that's a kingly line and ultimately will yield the promised Messiah, Jesus
0: these women are so significant to the history of Israel. Yes, we we consider Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and we look at those, but these women played a key role and they are very significant and and even as we end these 12 verses for today's lesson, we want to take some time right now and we want to consider our head to heart application. For these verses, we've said last week and repeated again this week character counts. What is my reputation? What is your reputation? How do you build your reputation? You know, it's crucial. It is what people are looking at in your life. And at the end of these two men's lives, Boaz and the closer kinsman redeemer, you know, I don't know who had the larger estate. Was it Boaz? Was it this nearer relative? But what I do know is the blessing and the honor of being a godly man went to Boaz. Mm-hmm. It is Boaz whose name is in the book of Ruth. It is Boaz who is credited with being the kinsman redeemer and carrying on this family lore- line. And so, it brings me to my head to heart asking the Lord to show me new ways that I can walk in a way that brings kindness and generosity and care the thought of the fruit of the spirit love joy peace patience faithfulness being reaching out being aware of other people how can I do that just as Boaz, just as Ruth demonstrated godly character to all the people there in Bethlehem.
1: Yeah, and that's a great head to heart. Um, I also think another aspect of this part of the story is uh, for us to consider what a wise man Boaz is. Mm. And and along with that, God wants us to be wise. And often that involves our words, um, because wisdom involves knowing what to say and when to say it. And Boaz says just enough at just the right time to reveal the character of this near kinsman redeemer, but he doesn't say too much. And in light of this truth, I, I want to consider some verses in Proverbs about the mouth and the tongue and wisdom. Uh, the first is Proverbs ten thirty one: The mouth of the godly person gives wise advice. And then Proverbs thirteen three. Those who control their tongue will have a long life. You want a long life? Control your tongue. And then in Proverbs 15, 2, the tongue of the wise man makes knowledge appealing. Um, are your words making knowledge and wisdom appealing? Finally, Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue can bring death or life to those who love to talk, and they will reap the consequences of that tongue.
0: And be- Boaz and Ruth are examples to us, both of character, of a reputation. As Ruth came into Bethlehem, Boaz heard, remember in chapter two, everyone's talking about you, Ruth. Every, everyone knows how you have served and loved your mother-in-law. And then we hear about Boaz, and we know that he's respected, we saw this week, in the city gate. And last week at the threshing floor, Boaz said he would talk with this closer relative in the morning. Boaz was true to his word. Yes, he said he it, was. he said it and he did it. He did it. And then at the city gates, Boaz engages in a shrewd conversation. He speaks with great wisdom. His words are measured just just like those verses you you read for us from Proverbs. In the presence of 10 city leaders, But then other people in the city were listening. You can't help but know Boaz was held in high regard and with respect in Bethlehem. And then we have the unnamed man. He agrees initially to buy the land from Naomi, but he will not act as the true kinsman redeemer because that would require him to marry Ruth and raise up an heir to Mahlon, it would cost him something. He feels it would cost him too much. So the man removes his sandal
1: and the transaction's complete. And, and the city leaders speak words of blessing over Boaz and Ruth. And this is a beautiful example of God's provision and care for these two widowed women. And, and we see this godly example of a man following after the Lord in every aspect of his life.
0: Next week, we'll wrap up the book of Ruth and see God's amazing plan for legacy and redemption. Until next time, may you continue to walk with God. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for The Awakening in America and Outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.